Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Good morning, friends. It is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And let's get right into what the news is this morning. Get you in and out quickly because we're here for a good time, not a long time. All right, the register, Catania uh, Couch reporting, Adobe sells fake AI-generated Israel-Hamas war images. Then the news ran them as real. Now, this um, highlights several different things, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. But anyway, uh, violent AI-generated photos fictionalizing the ongoing deadly Israel-Hamas conflict are not only being sold via Adobe's stock image library, some news publishers are buying and using the pics in online articles as if they were real. So the question is, is this an AI problem or is this a news editorial problem? I'm going to go with news editorial problem because AI, again, just a tool. Last year, the Photoshop Titan announced it would host and sell people's images produced using machine learning tools via its Adobe stock library. Library. Adobe gives those artists a 33% cut of the revenue from those pictures, meaning creators could make between 33 cents and $26.40 every time their image is licensed and downloaded. Generative AI technology has advanced and become more accessible and easy to use. Anyone can turn into a, ver- a variety of text to image tools. Yeah, obviously. So now the interesting thing about this, obviously, if you've used ChatGTP recently with their Dolly uh, add-on, then you know you can make images it's interesting and there's other ones that are better than what chat gpt does because i've tried it uh, i'm not much of an artist which is the first problem um, but their images are limited in the way that they do things but there's others that do it the problem here is this is a expected move in these kind of conflicts where you have cyber activity you know targeting critical national infrastructure and you have the propaganda piece this is the propaganda piece people are creating fake images and then the news is too stupid to realize what it is buying them and posting them is real now they're too stupid or they're doing it on purpose that's a that's a discussion for a different podcast not mine but this is obviously going to be a problem going forward in addition to just the general cyber issues cyber warfare issues associated with these conflicts so something that we all you know need to be pay attention with as you're watching the news and and digesting the news and and worrying about what whether the, you know, what you're looking at is real fake or what have you. Cyber news. This is Ernestus Napari's reporting. Despite pledges not to pay, ransoms are here to stay. Well, that's a catchy headline. Um, for nearly 50 country now, I'm sorry, now nearly 50 countries have united in an alliance to sign a policy stating that their governments will not pay ransom demands. The International Counter-Ransomware Initiative aims to disrupt the funding sources for cyber criminals. We talked about this last week when it came out. However, conversations with businesses paint a different reality, which is not to be unexpected. The sentiment is firmly in favor of not paying, but there are situations where it may be unavoidable, what I have said all along. This is quote unquote, uh, this is a quote, uh, as a small business owner, I don't believe I have a choice but to pay the ransom. I have a team of more than 50 people working for me whose livelihood would be affected if I hold out. Companies like mine don't have the luxury of refusing to engage with cyber criminals because otherwise we risk severe financial loss and operational disruption that could bring down our entire business. This is from Farhan Siraj, the CEO of the e-learning, e-learning platform OSHA Outreach Courses. And he's right, you know, it, it, So Cyber News in this article asked over 30 experts from various fields if they'd be willing to pay a ransom in the event a cybersecurity breach. Most said no, but many added but. And that's always honestly going to be the case. It's what I have said all along. Now, do I think we should fund cyber criminals? I certainly do not. But if you're a small business owner, you've got to make that that risk assessment when it happens to you. 
And it's easy for all of us to sit back and say, oh, don't pay the ransom. Because if we're not business owners, we're never going to get hit with ransom. FBI can say don't pay the ransom all day long because it really doesn't impact them one way or the other. OFAC can put Bitcoin addresses, or rather not, I'm sorry, block, blockchain addresses on the denied entities, the OFAC list, the denied entities. What it means you can't, it's illegal to send money to them, but that has limited, if any kind of use, simply because the bad guys will create a new blockchain address and there you go doesn't matter because you can just go to that one so you know obviously business owners are going to see that as a latch just effort and who can blame them if you need to get back up online to keep your business going and you need to pay the ransom you got to do what you got to do the problem gets into you pay it and forget it if you don't fix the problem that caused the ransomware attack in the first place you're going to be victimized again so you know it's one of those things that this is a hard number to um quantify simply because not everyone reports when they've been hacked. They just pay it and they move on with themselves. But you know, it's one of those things where if you're a business owner, you do what you got to do to keep your business going. And it shouldn't be up to governments to tell you whether you should or shouldn't. And then, and then criminalize it, criminalize that activity. It's silliness. But anyway, all right. Uh, this is from cyber news. Also Vilius Petkowskis reporting. Um, if you're a chat teaching, GPT user, um, you had a bad day today, or at least bad day yesterday on November 8th because chat GPT was down. OpenAI calls the issue a major outage. Interesting. Major outage across GPT and API reads the message in red on OpenAI's incident response website. According to the incident's timeline, the incident was responded around 9 a.m. Eastern on November 8th. According to the website monitoring platform downdetector.com, thousands of users have reported issues with the AI-powered large language model-based chatbot. OpenAI says investigating the issue. So it'll be interesting to see what that is. Hopefully they come out with that. Um, around 10 a.m., the service was back up, so it was a short outage. But it just goes to show, everybody's a target. Bleeping computer. Um, Bill Tolis reporting. This is a report from the, from the FBI. Ransomware gangs hack casinos via third-party gaming vendors. Now, we've been talking a couple of weeks about Caesars, MGM being hit with ransomware, and then yesterday... Um, there was a, a casino in Singapore, I believe, that was hit with ransomware. So the FBI is investigating or is warning of ransomware threat actors are targeting casino servers and use legitimate system management tools to increase their permissions on the network. In a private industry notification, or a PIN is what the FBI calls those, the agency says the third-party vendors and services are common attack vectors. Yes, they are, as with a lot of other particular... Uh, the solar ones thing was third-party. In other words, the, the, the companies that got victimized through the SolarWinds attack. SolarWinds was the third party that resulted in all these other companies being compromised. So third party is a big issue. And if you are a business owner and you have third party partners, you need to do risk assessments of them, or at least ask them, you know, how is their cybersecurity? And if it's poor, they don't think about it, they don't care about it, move on to a different vendor if you can. So this is not a this is not a singular problem within the casino or gaming industry. This is a problem across all industries and this is a warning to all that you have to worry about your third party that you participate you work with simply because they could be the vector in. I mean it goes all the way back to the Target breach. Target was breached in 2013. I might have the year wrong, but it, when the big Target breach because of an HVAC company got compromised. And when the HVAC company went to a target, they plugged in to the network, bad things happen. So there you go. All right. This is more informational kind of news. This is from scmedia.com. Paul Wagon Seal is reporting this. 
Uh, this is from last week, so it's kind of an older one, but I just thought the, the headline was interesting. Seven-hour recovery, how an American business beat ransomware. So that's always good news. At a cyber risk leadership exchange in Cincinnati on June 7th, the chief security officer of an Ohio bottling company used his lunchtime keynote address to recount how his company's eight-person IT, eight IT team detected remediated and recovered from a ransomware attack within the space of seven hours without losing any business and without paying a dime to the attackers. So this is an excellent leadership example and a good story to pay attention to, to see how did they did it. Um, so how did they do it? Uh, it says, does he even talk? yeah. So um, let's see the company first noticed something was wrong with the system just before labor day in 2021. So this goes back a while, but that's okay. They weren't targets. We had suspected that we might have allowed an intruder or hacker into our environment. We spent the better part of four or five days trying to understand where they got in, where, where they were, and if they were in and how we might be potentially exposed. Um, the team, uh, someone had suspected that someone had used Cobalt Strike to install beacons or backdoors on the system. Their initial searches found nothing. Uh, then they got a call from someone in the plant saying, hey, something's weird. I can't access files. They took as many systems offline as they could. Uh, they called the CEO to bring him in on it. So they had an incident response plan. Good. Thumbs up to that. They found two potential points of entry. The first was a user who had unknowingly downloaded a corrupted file, a common vector for ransomware in infection. Because why? Like I like to say, Someone always clicks the link. The second point of entry was more serious. Just before a long weekend, Microsoft had released a patch for Exchange Server, but it looked very similar to another Exchange Server patch from two weeks earlier, one that the company had already implemented. Instead of implementing the new patch right away, the company decided to wait until the following weekend. That's all the time the ransomware crew needed, which was the Conti group I ultimately identified. Uh, within four days, it exploded, exploited the particular gap in the Exchange Server. In other words, there was a vulnerability. They didn't patch it. Boom, bad things happen. So things we always talk about, people clicking links and then people unpatching stuff. So um, fortunately, they moved all their systems, had already moved their systems to the cloud. They were able to shut down company assets uh, and stop the attack. Stopping the attackers was less complicated than it might have been for an on-premises infrastructure. So because they had cloud infrastructure that made it easier. Um, there's more on this article. I'm not going to read it all because it's going to take up too much time, but go look at it. It's kind of it from a leadership perspective. It's a good lesson in how to do the right thing the right way for the right reasons. All right. Again, Ty, this is Ransomware Day. So this is from helpnetsecurity.com. Um, Nalish Daraj, the CTO of uh, Geturkel. I have no idea who that is. Anyway, for, this is called The Three Stages of Ransomware Attacks and Useful Indicators of Compromise. So really, I wanted to just get this to see what history indicate the stages were. One, they establish a foothold, mm -hmm, escalate privileges, move it laterally, install ransomware, and there you go. So now this is interesting. So those are the three stages, but... Does he even talk about how to fix it? Um, indicator. Uh, all right, that may be a bad article to choose from. So if you want to go see these three stages, um, oh, how do you get here? I can detect it. Okay, sorry. Uh, how do you detect and stop ransomware from progressing at this early stage? It requires identifying strange or out of ordinary user and entity behavior. Ideally, you have a sock looking at your stuff. If you don't, you may not see this foothold. Once they escalate privileges, how do you see that? You detect it. Um, is the installation of new unauthorized applications across your network. So hopefully, again, someone is looking for those kind of things and then installing ransomware. When de while detecting ransomware attacks may be difficult for organizations, being able to identify all the subtle indicators of compromise will help your organization to understand what stage of the attack they're on. So this is cyber intelligence, right? Stuff we talk about all the time. So again, this is a good, good reminder of cyber intelligence. So um, good article about the stages and how to detect it. So uh, I recommend that one to you. And finally, this is just from a, hmm, 
We'll, we'll see kind of thing. CSOonline.com, Michael Hill reporting, the U.S. launches Shields Ready campaign to secure critical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, and FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, have announced the launch of Shields Ready campaign to promote critical national infrastructure security and resilience. Shields Ready focuses on broad strategic strategies. <laughs> okay, a strategic strategy. Is that really a phrase that someone wrote and put in, well, it is, because there it is right there, for preparing critical infrastructure organizations for potential disruption and building more resilience into the systems, facilities, and process. Well, that is a lot of high-level terms that mean a whole lot, or don't mean a whole lot within context, but it complements CISA's Shields Up campaign, which encourages critical infrastructure stakeholders to take specific time-sensitive actions to reduce, okay, look, look, this is the government trying to do something. You can't fault them for that, honestly, but at the end of the day, Companies have got to take take control of their own cyber risk environment. Do the risk assessments, figure out who what your threats are, understand them so you can you know do what you need to do. Um, do we really need a government entity to do this for us? No, but if they provide resources for it, that would be great. So. <laughs> There's more to this. It says um, Shields Up campaign outlines four key steps to CNI security. Okay, fine. My guess is if we look at these, these will not be anything we're necessarily shocked at. Identify your critical systems. Yeah. If you're doing a risk assessment, you're going to have to do that. Consider the full range of threats and hazards. Hmm. Who says that? Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Understand the threats target you. Yeah. Develop a strategic risk management plan. Okay. And exercise instant response. Yeah. All things that companies should be doing. Do we need the government to tell us to do these things? Apparently someone thinks we do. Uh, and then they have tools and resources for us critical infrastructure to respond to recover from threats. So, um, what does that mean? What do they have? Well, they don't tell you what they have, but apparently they have tools. So you can go there and you can look at the tools. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. Hard to say. I mean, at least they're doing something. You can't fault them for that. Will it be effective? Only time will tell. As always, the articles mentioned in this podcast are listed in the show notes if you want to read more. Tomorrow is Op-Ed Friday, so I'm still thinking about exactly what I'm going to talk about there. If you have thoughts, comments, suggestions on the podcast, you like what you hear, you don't like what you hear, let me know. Love to hear from you. I appreciate you taking the time to download, listen, make sure you subscribe, spread the word, share the information, because knowledge is protection. The more we understand the threats targeting us, the better we can assess our risk. Proceed wisely. Have a great Thursday. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.